재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 every, every year around the world millions of girls are being forced to marry before they come of age being denied their rights to education opportunity and losing their childhood innocence and we want to find out more about this phenomenon uh, the problems involved how various economic social and cultural factors are contributing to all of this and to give us more insights we're very pleased to have joining us from the university of nottingham center for social work professor rachel clausen hello hi hi Well, thank you so much for joining us, Professor. First, um, in terms of, I suppose, broad numbers, how many girls around the world are impacted by forced arranged uh, arranged marriages? And are there places around the world where this is sort of part of the uh, traditional culture, where it's actually considered common and culturally accepted? Well, as you were saying in your opening speech, there there are millions of girls uh, and boys, actually, who are forced to marry before they reach 18. Uh, currently, the figures stand, we think, at something like 15 million girls a year um, uh, are married before the age of 18. And currently, there are 700 million women alive now who are married before they were 18. And, and the numbers for men is that there's 156 million men who are alive now who were married before they were 18. And we, there, there are some countries... Um, where we think this is happening more, uh, and uh, very often these are presented as India, Bangladesh, uh, Brazil, Pakistan, Indonesia, uh, Mexico. They all feature in the, uh, the, sort of the top ten countries, if you like. But the, the figures are around about one in three girls uh, in the developing world are marrying before the age of 18. But as you quite rightly pointed out, this is happening everywhere. It's also happening in the developing world. It's happening here in the UK, and it's happening in the States as well. Right. Let's actually uh, delve more into that, if we may. Um, As we've been talking about this increase in uh, young girls and uh, young boys, as you say, uh, being forced into a marriage, and you typically, I suppose, uh, if you're not from that area, automatically assume, okay, it only happens in places like Africa, Middle East, maybe parts of Asia. But as you point out, in the UK, in the United States, it is also a growing phenomenon. I suppose one might assume, okay, if we have growing numbers of uh, Indian or Bangladeshi immigrants into the United States, that might become more of a common practice, but by law it is illegal. How do the countries, I guess, in the so-called West deal with that uh, phenomenon? It, it is illegal, as you, as you quite rightly um, point out. And there are, there are a number of ways in which the issue is being dealt with, both here in the UK um, and in the United States. In the UK in 2014, forcing somebody to marry was made illegal. Uh, here in the UK. But actually, if you're under the age of 16, you can't legally give your own consent anyway to marry. Uh, If you're age 17 or 18, you can give your consent if somebody uh, with parental responsibility for you, so your your guardian, uh, allows for that. We're dealing with it in a range of ways, um, in educating people. There are lots of education programmes trying to raise awareness uh, raising awareness in schools, raising awareness um, in uh, you know at youth clubs and those kinds of places. Um, but the police and social services here in the UK are working to to deal with this situation using uh, UK policy and law um, that you know that sees this as a as, an, as a, a child abuse issue. And I suppose just on the flip side of the argument, can you address the? 
I suppose, the points made by people who say this is part of cultural relativism. Just for example, yeah. if you go to Japan, it's, you have to take off your shoes when you enter the house. This is like the same thing. Can you address that? Yes. The, I, I think it's, it's, it is definitely a, it's a cultural issue. In some families, these things have been happening for years and years and years. And families say, this is what we do. This is, this is our, our, um, our cultural practice. This is how we manage things. Very often, families are living in poverty, and they think that, that, that by marrying off their child, they're going to be able to secure their economic um, future. Uh, or they're sort of relinquishing a financial burden from the family as well. However, what we say is that the people who are married before the age of 18, they, they, they haven't reached a level of physical or emotional maturity that makes marriage and having a sexual relationship and, and childbirth and those sorts of things safe for them. Now, if we can actually get more details as to this, uh, I think most of us listening agree with the premise that being forced to marry at a young age is not a positive thing for the development of a child. But can you talk about some of the consequences of if you are a boy or a girl and you are forced into one of these arranged marriages, maybe both physically and mentally? Yes. Well, there's, there's a lot of research evidence that suggests that children who are married um, are marrying usually older people. You know, girls are marrying older men. Um, there are features of domestic violence within these relationships, so girls are physically assaulted, girls are uh, continually raped, um, they're sexually assaulted, they're, uh, they have enforced pregnancies, they become pregnant very young and their bodies aren't mature enough to deal with that. So there are added complications in pregnancy and in childbirth um, for young girls. But not only that, it also, it, you know, it violates their human rights, it violates their right to an education. If they don't then have an education, they become um, much more reliant on the man that they're married. Their employment opportunities are significantly weakened. Um, and so their, their, their opportunity to, to leave the marriage or to support themselves and support any children is just made very, very difficult. So there are huge consequences, um, both, sorry, both uh, emotionally and physically, uh, for these young girls and for young boys too. People in South Korea, people in the UK, people in the United States, all over Europe, uh, perhaps would like to see something done about this, especially within their own borders. In your view, what is the role of an individual government as well as uh, multilateral organizations like the United Nations to try and root out this practice? And what do you hope to see in the future in terms of trying to solve this problem? As we were saying earlier on, this, this practice, it violates human rights. So it's against the Convention um, on the Rights of the Child. It's against the, uh, you know, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Um, it, uh, the, currently, the um, Sustainable Development Goals are trying to, to address some of these issues in terms of poverty and gender inequality uh, and also mental health and well-being. So... We have to take a holistic stance on this. I don't think that any one government or any one country can tackle this issue on its own because very often girls and boys are taken from one country. So in the UK, for example, girls and boys are often taken abroad to India or to Pakistan uh, or to Bangladesh to be married. So it's not just a problem that, that, you know, that one country can uh, tackle on its own. And I think that we do have legislation in place which, which makes it illegal for children to marry. 
Uh, we, you know, we have forced marriage legislation in place, but legislation in itself is not enough. We need to have much more education um, uh, in relation to what the risks are from, from marrying young. But also we need to look at what the alternatives are. So families are saying, you know, we're doing this because we need to... Um, we need to, uh, uh, you know, accept money for our child or we need to try and make our child's future more secure. We need to be looking at what the alternatives to that are. So it doesn't work to just say, you know, you can't do this anymore. We have to be looking at what are people going to be doing instead. Yeah, as you point out, uh, really not something that can just have a very simplistic solution to really takes a comprehensive no. uh, uh, thought process and planning. No, it's, to... it's a very complex issue. Yeah, definitely. Professor Clausen, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your insights. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Soul City News is up next.